Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. We're in a series called Unbroken. We're still staying in the series. We're shifting a little bit of our focus going from relationship, which I feel is probably where most of our pain comes from in our life is though we live in a broken world. Most of our pain or brokenness, I believe, comes through relationships. So we spent several weeks going through that. I'd encourage you to go back online. You can watch those uh, messages and, and go back and listen to them again or recommend them to somebody. Uh, today, I want to shift gears. Today and next week, we're going to look at another area of our life that we find some pain and hurt, and that is uh, our bodies, brokenness in our bodies, health and healing. Uh, here's what we believe at Tree Life. God's a healer. He heals. We believe that. We believe in the healing power, miracle working power of our God. And we see signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I've seen it. I've seen it here. We, we praise reports. We, we pray for people. We lay hands on people. God does the miraculous. We pray for people after service. And then next week is our encounter. Sunday, I want to encourage all of you to come back next week. We're going to spend time in our service praying for people and having opportunity for you to just take another deeper step in the things of God. We believe it's going to be a really powerful moment. So come back. But we believe God heals unquestionably. And so we believe that here at Tree of Life. So we're going to take these next two weeks or today and next week on a little bit on healing. Obviously, you could take the whole year on that. God has a lot to say about it. There's a lot of misunderstanding about it in the scripture. I don't want to review some other things, but I just want to let you know that today we're going to really go through the word. I got a lot of scripture for you. And I don't want to say that. First service is almost like I was almost like apologetically saying, I got a lot of scriptures for you today. It's like, you better have a lot of scriptures for me. The word works, right? That's why I base my life on. So I got a lot of scripture for you. I want you to see God's word on it because we form ideas, opinions based on circumstances when it comes to healing. Disappointments, things we prayed for, or people we prayed for, and it didn't work out. And some, it did for other people. And it seems like they got their miracle. I didn't get mine. My loved one didn't get mine or theirs. Uh, so we base it on experiences. We base it basically on disappointments or circumstances around about us, our opinion and things on healing. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding out there. Now, let me say this. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more on what does it look like when you don't get the answer that you wanted? And maybe you find yourself on the end of disappointment. And I know there's many families out there that have experienced that. I've walked through some of that with your families. I've walked through some of that with my family. And just real quick, I just want to let you know, I don't have all the answers. That's why I'm going to give you the word, right? That's the thing to do. Don't take my word, take his word. I have a lot of questions still, and there's some things I think I will want to ask God when I get to heaven, but chances are when I walk in the gates, they'll be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I got it, <laughs> right? And so, um, but here on the earth, though, we still walk around with some different questions in our mind, but we are people of faith, which means we trust God with even what we don't understand because we see the word of God, which is the basis of our faith, and we see the character and nature of God who supports his word. And so that's what we want to look at. Just real quick, again, like I said, I have a lot of questions. Uh, just so you know where I'm coming from, because I'm still, I'm still walking all this out of my life as well, obviously. But you know, several years ago, 20 years ago, in fact, that my dad uh, graduated to heaven after a massive heart attack. It was a Wednesday night service. It was our anniversary time. And it was a time that the Lord impressed upon his heart to lay hands on the sick. We believe that here at Tree of Life. And so he called people up that had sickness. And so he went down, about 20 people laid hands on each one. We saw some people had instantaneous, miraculous healings. And some did not instantaneously. Some were more of a process. But when he finished praying for people, he actually went to one of our associates and said, you need to take me to the hospital. Something's not right. He was unconscious by the time he got there. And shortly thereafter, he graduated to heaven. And so the irony of that is he was praying for sick people to be healed, and they were, but then a short time later, he was in heaven. Can I tell you, I had a lot of questions. 
And for a couple days, I wrestled with that. I'm like, come on, God, where are you? And what, your Bible says this, your Bible says that, and says this, and, and then uh, it took a couple days because the emotion of it all, but can I tell you that? I have no problem, I absolutely believe God still heals today. God is still a healer, I will pray for people's healing in the worst circumstances. That doesn't even bother me that my dad, the situation didn't turn. Because I trust God's word, and I'll leave that up to God. I'll leave that up to God. And can I say this? A hundred percent of people in heaven are absolutely positively healed. hundred percent, right? Okay, so I know that, that there's some disappointment stuff here on the earth and some hurt and some pain associated with that. This morning, I wanna just lay a foundation for you. I don't wanna build your faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Uh, let me give you another side to my family story. Just a few weeks ago, I should ask maybe my sister's permission, but a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I got a call from my mom that said, pray for your sister. She had a massive stroke. I don't know if you know, I have a sister. They heard her husband pastor a church in South Austin. So we began to pray and we called some people, friends, prayer, prayer partners, and we began to pray. By noon of that day, it had almost completely dissolved and everything had gone back to normal. And so talking with my sister over lunch a few weeks ago, she said, Don, she goes, the doctors were amazed. It was an absolute miracle. It should have been a devastating stroke based on how it came and where it hit the brain. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. So can I just say, I've, I've been on both sides from my dad and my sister and I still got some questions, but listen, I'm gonna believe the word of God. And I know some people that, that sometimes we don't understand it, and so because we don't understand it, we'll avoid it or not acknowledge anything about that. Or the other part is, a lot of people sometimes will kind of give you a hard time. Like, I, I know some people say, well, are you part of that health and wealth group of people? Like, that's a bad thing. I, I believe that's scripture. Can I say I'd rather be of the health and wealth group of people than of the poor and sick group of people? Can I just, can I just say that, okay? So I'm still learning, um, but I believe that God's word is true, and that is the basis of our life. And faith says that we trust him with things that we don't know. And so I just wanna say that this morning as we get started in the scripture. Acts 10, 34, here's what the word says. Then Peter began to speak, and now realize how true it is that God, listen to this, God does not show favoritism. God does not show favoritism. He has no respect of persons, and so sometimes we're wondering why they get their healing and I didn't, why this happened and it didn't happen for me. Listen, I don't know. Okay, but I know that he doesn't show favoritism. So I leave the, what I don't know up to him. But listen, as it goes on to talk about here, what Peter's saying is God doesn't show favoritism. And so, yeah, keep that scripture up there. Let me ask this, how many of you have ever personally experienced or know somebody who experienced some kind of healing in their life that can only be explained God? There is no other explanation for it. Let me see your hands. Okay, can I just say God does not show favoritism right there? Even just if one hand went up, it made that scripture true. So keep that in mind. It goes on to say this. Then Peter began to speak. I bet he accepts, I'm sorry, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism of John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and listen to this, and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Because God was with him. God was with Jesus. Jesus went around healing all who were oppressed of the devil or under the devil and he showed no favoritism. That's what I want you to know this morning. Understand what the will of God is. And so that's what we're looking to really find out. We wanna find out what the will of God is. And so we see here, God is working with Jesus. God is with him. 
to release or relieve people from the bondage of the devils. What it says right there, and he shows no favoritism. We see the will of God revealed in the life of Jesus. How do we know God's a healer? What's revealed in the life of Jesus? So if we look at the life of Jesus, because God was with him, then we know what God's will is. So I want you this morning to walk out absolutely convinced of what the will of God is by looking at Jesus, his son, who he didn't do anything different than what the father said to do. And that's important because in the context of our message, when we're talking about living unbroken lives in a broken world, we're talking about that relationally with Jesus through Jesus through covenant. So we have a covenant with Jesus, which we'll get to in just a moment. So understand this, that we can look at the life of Jesus and find God's will revealed in it. Let's take a look here at Luke 4, 16. He went to Nazareth where he had, be, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, and as was his custom, he stood up to read. He read the scrolls. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were on him, and he began saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, today what the prophet Isaiah said comes true in me. I am the one to proclaim the good news. I'm the one coming to set the capture. What's he doing? He's laying out his mission. He's laying out his mission. I'm proclaiming good news. I'm bringing freedom to captivity. I'm recovering sight to the blind. Let's take a look at John 10, 10. The life of Jesus reveals the will of the Father. The thief comes only to kill and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. His mission is to bring life to the full. It's revealing the will of the Father. John 6, 38 says this, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Who sent Jesus to this earth? The Father, God. So he's not doing his will on the earth, he's doing God's will on the earth. So we can look at the life of Jesus and understand without a doubt what the will of God is for your life and my life. The question is then, what is the will of God? What is the will of the one who sent Jesus? Well, let's take a look here. How many people remember saying the Lord's Prayer? Probably most of us can quote it, right? I said the Lord's Prayer in high school and I I said it with a whole bunch of people and we weren't even serving God. It's like, even heathens or sinners know the Lord's Prayer. But yet Jesus brought the Lord's Prayer to teach us how to pray, not a repetitive prayer, not something to just repeat, but how to pray. And so in there, we find something very interesting when it speaks to the will of God. In fact, Matthew 6, 9 through 10, in the Lord's Prayer, as Jesus is teaching us, he says this, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Listen to this next phrase. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus says, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the Father. So okay, what is the will of the Father? For earth to be like heaven. Come on. Jesus came to do things that revealed the will of the Father, and this prayer says, the will of the Father is for earth to be like heaven. Can I ask you this question? Is there any cancer in heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? There's no cancer, Alzheimer's, migraines, no disease, nothing. There's no sadness, no sorrow, no brokenness in heaven. God intended for you and I to live an unbroken life in a broken world. And it's revealed by the works of Jesus, the one we have a covenant exchange with. So God's will is for you and I to walk in healing and wholeness. That's his will. I want want you to settle that issue. No matter what you're feeling or facing right now, 
I want you to settle that issue. His will is for you to walk in unbrokenness in this broken world. Jesus came and prayed that the will of the Father be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I, let me say, God does not have a separate will for heaven and a separate will for the earth. Okay, I want everybody up here in heaven, 100% healing, wholeness, no more sadness, come on, no more sorrow, come on, we're having a good time, this is a great place, this is heaven, it's awesome. Sorry for you guys down on the earth, just tough it out a little bit longer, hang in there. Do the best you can, because one day, you're gonna come over to this place and it's gonna be amazing. Can I say he doesn't have a separate will for heaven and a separate will for earth? Mm -mm. He wants that for all his people. He wants you to walk unbroken in a broken world while you're on the earth, as is in heaven. And so we see the will of God concerning healing in the connection between Jesus and his Father. Look at John 10, 30. Here's what it says. I and the, fa- I and the Father are what? One. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Jesus is not doing anything in opposition to his Father. Jesus is in the family business. He's just doing what his Father wants him to do. He's not doing anything in opposition to him. And it is to bless people, rescue people, heal people. John 10, 38. You just write these down or you can go back and watch the stream to go through it a little bit more. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works of the miracles that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. If you don't believe me, just for me saying it, look at the miracles, look what God's doing. He's revealing his will through me and the works that I do. John 5, uh, 5, 19 through 20 says this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do, listen, he can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. He doesn't do anything except what the father does. Jesus' life reflects and represents the will of God. John 14, six says this, John 14, six. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I love, I love this, Philip says this, Lord, if you just could show us the Father, that's enough for us. So Jesus responded, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You've seen him through me. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I say to you, I'm not speaking my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father. You think Jesus is trying to hammer a point right here? I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works or miracles themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus is continually showing us and telling us that everything he does is a representation of the will of his Father. So you wanna know what God's will? Look at what Jesus is doing. Look at what Jesus is doing. That's how we find out. How do we know that healing is God's will? We see it through the life of Jesus. We see it through his relationship with the Father. Matthew 8, one through two. Just laying a foundation, making a case for you. Matthew 8. 
When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, listen to this, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now for the guy to even approach Jesus, he had to have seen or heard of the miracle working power he operated in. So he didn't question the power of God through Jesus. He said, I know you can do this, that's why I'm here, but will you? And isn't that really our question? I don't think anybody in here will question the power. Come on, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but nobody's questioning the power of God. I get it, but we question, will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? Well, I like Jesus' response in, Matthew, in the next verse, in verse three, actually. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Can I say to you, he's willing. He is willing. I am willing, and he said, be clean, and immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. I know our big challenge in life is not questioning the God's ability, but his willingness. And so we wrestle with that, but you gotta know what God's will is. I want you to settle what God's will is for your life. Jesus clarified the will of God. He says, I will, which is the will of the Father. Uh, You know, sometimes people pray this, if it be your will, can I just tell you, according to the Lord's prayer, we saw what his will was to be on earth as it is in heaven. We saw right here what his will is. So basically that, that prayer would be, thank you for your healing. I know what your will is for my life. So we don't pray if it be your will, heal me. His will has been revealed already through Jesus. So I want you to know what God's will is for healing. And how did, so how did Jesus respond? How did Jesus respond to uh, sickness and disease? Because his response, again, is an indicator of God's will. Uh, let me read these. I didn't put these in the notes, but you can, you can just write, write these references down. You can go back over the stream and write them down and study them out. But li- listen to Jesus' response to sickness and disease, which reveals the will of the Father. And Matthew eight sixteen. I just took a little bit of Matthew. Matthew eight sixteen. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Matthew nine thirty five. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Matthew 12, 15, aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew 14, 35, 36, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Matthew 15, 30, 31, great crowds claim, came, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others and laid them at his feet and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripple made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. Matthew 19, two, large crowd followed him and he healed them all. I gotta breathe right now, okay? This is just a little bit. Are you getting the picture here? The will of God is revealed in the works of Jesus. So you wanna know what the will of God is for healing you need to look at the works of Jesus. Let me say this, this is extremely important. I want you to understand this. If healing was not the will of the Father, then Jesus was in complete disobedience to heal people. If healing was not the will of the Father, then Jesus was in complete disobedience, Jesus was in complete rebellion, therefore Jesus would have been in sin, but that is impossible because he was perfect and became the perfect sacrifice, so he was in the perfect will of the Father when he healed people, amen? He was not in disobedience. 
It was God's will revealed in the works of Jesus. You wanna know what the will of the Father is? We see it through the life of his son. We know it. God's will, God's plan for us to walk in divine health. Hebrews 13, eight, not your notes, but it says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His will has not changed. Circumstances have changed, things have changed in our heart and our life, but the will of God has not changed at all. It has not changed. It's still God's will for you and I to be unbroken in a broken world. You know what, it seems to me, it seems to me that there's so many other things, it seems to me that there's at least one other thing easier to believe for our healing, but they're really packaged together. I, let me say it this way, you cannot talk me out of my salvation. I know Jesus died for my sins. I know he came uh, out from the grave and I am saved and I will, I will never give that up. I, I never doubt that. I, I don't always feel saved, but I know I am saved. I don't ever doubt it. You couldn't take that away from me. I would never denounce it. I know that I'm saved. But let me say this this morning. As much as I am saved or received heal, as, as salvation because of the work of the cross, healing was part of the package deal because of the covenant. What about the rest of the package? I'm not settled the salvation issue, but what about the rest of the packages? It seems like it's easier to trust God with my eternity than my now. And so I want you to know something this morning because we're talking about covenant in the, in the context of our series. We enter into a covenant with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, but it's more than just salvation. It's more than just salvation. We accept the fact that Jesus died for us, went to the grave and rose again. That's fairly easy, but why is it we find it hard to accept the rest of the package? Because healing and salvation was all done on the same day, on the same cross. The Bible says not to forget his benefits. What benefits? Covenant benefits. Psalms 103 says this, he forgives all your sins, he heals all your diseases, he redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with love and compassion, he sustains you or satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. All of that, all of that was done at the cross. All of that is the package deal through a covenant with Jesus Christ. Here's the problem, we don't really know what the word saved means. We think we do, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. The word saved really, literally in the Greek is the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. And sozo means to save, to rescue, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve. You realize that in the definition of saved, in the Greek word definition sozo of saved is the word healing. It's part of the package deal. It's part of the package deal. To be saved means to experience the whole life and nature of God. Not I just, I got my ticket to heaven. It doesn't mean I just got my ticket to heaven. It means I got the whole package. I got the whole life and nature of God. The covenant you entered into when you got saved wasn't just so you could get to heaven, but so that you could be on earth as it is in heaven. It's the will of the Father. It's the will of God revealed in Jesus. Isaiah 53, four through five says this, yet it was our weaknesses he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. Yet, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. He was whipped so we could be healed. By his stripes we are healed. That all took place at the cross. He paid not only for your salvation, he paid through his broken, bruised, whipped body for your healing and wholeness. It's part of the package. And we gotta put that in our mind. We have to think that way. 1 Peter 2, Isaiah 53 is a prophecy of what was to come. 1 Peter 2, 24 looks back and it says, by his wounds or stripes, we have been healed. 
I want you to have the proper perspective. I want, I want you to, uh, uh, to think the right way, see it the right way, process it the right way. Healing is a gift given to a son or daughter at the time and moment of salvation. At the time and moment of salvation. The same way I was given my redemption or forgiveness, the same way I was given his righteousness or my right standing before God, the same way I was given his grace, it also included health, blessings, favor, protection, anointing. So this is what I want you to see. We really should fight our battles from the perspective of defending what we have as opposed to trying to attain what we think we don't have. I wanna say that again. We defend our position based on our covenant of what we have been given instead of looking to attain something we think is not ours. And I'm not a military guy, but I talked to a lot of military guys and military, no one corrected me from first service. <laughs> but here's what I understand. It's easier to defend the high point than to take the high point. So our mindset needs to be in the covenant. We have a, a, a part of the package is, is healing and wholeness. And so we stand there defending what's ours instead of trying to chase things to attain or obtain what he's already provided. Now that's, there's a real fight associated with that too. I understand, I don't have all the answers, but I know there's a fight. There's a fight there. And there's a, when we fight the symptoms, we fight the symptoms, we resist the symptoms from staying in our body, staying there illegally. And healing is not something I'm trying to catch, it's something that's mine. And so what do I do? Because I'm a covenant person, you can go back to last week and watch the message you need to, is this, I command them to go. Not in my name, but in the name I exchanged in the covenant, the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus, where every knee shall bow, every sickness, every disease shall bow. I stand and take authority over the things, not in my authority, but in the authority of the one I had a covenant exchange with, Jesus, in his authority, I take authority over sickness and disease and stand my ground. That's a covenant principle. Not in my power, but a power that's greater than mine. A power that's able to do the impossible. Why? Because I'm in a covenant with him. We finally exchanged everything. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You're in a covenant. You traded everything. You exchanged everything. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Stand your ground. Use his name. Walk in the authority that he's given you. Tap into the power that's greater than yours and resist the devil so he will flee. I'm gonna close with this. And I know there's lots of unanswered questions. I have to come back next week. We're gonna talk about some of those. But what about this situation? What about this? I hear you. I, I got questions. But when God was wanting his children to go to the promised land, it's, it's what he promised them. It's, it's what we call the promised land. Land flowing with milk and honey. This is for you. This is for my people. This is amazing. This is something better than you ever could imagine. It's yours. You, you need to go possess it. <clears throat> Moses sent 12 spies. Two came back. We can take this. God's with us. We can take this. 10 spies came back and said, they're too great. We can't do this. Based on circumstances, we can't do this. And so unfortunately, the people of God listened, so they wandered the wilderness for 40 years until that generation died off. And then once they died off, then Joshua's there now leading. And Joshua takes the people of God over to the promised land where God wanted them. Why? It was because it was their possession. And when he got there, the people in the promised land told him, we were, when you came 40 years ago and we heard they were spies in the land, the Bible says our heart melted. 
Our heart melted when we heard there were spies in the land because we know your God, we've heard his exploits and nothing can stand before him. Our heart melted when we heard there were spies in the land, yet you did not come. So for 40 years, we've been in fear because we know the moment you come and take possession of what's yours, we can't stay here any longer. We're getting kicked out because it's not ours. So what did Joshua do? He went and took possession of what was theirs. And listen, understand this, and this is the posture I want you to have. You have uh, uh, been given a covenant with God, and so you stand against that which is operating or living illegally in your body. It's not supposed to be there because of your covenant of health and healing. So you stand in that position. And what Joshua did was, they didn't necessarily attack Jericho. What they did is marched around it at first, and then they gave shouts of praise unto God, and the walls fell down. So in the midst of your struggle, I want to encourage you this morning, stand in that place, and you shout and keep shouting till the wall comes down. You keep praising and praising God who has a covenant of healing and health of you till the walls fall down. And you'll either get possession of it this side on earth or that side in heaven, but it is yours in Jesus' name. So you take that spot from a defensive position and you drive out through praise and thanksgiving to God and celebrations and shouting to God. You drive out that enemy that's not even supposed to be there. And I know there's a lot of questions that I raise. Well, what about this time? And we did that, and we did that. I hear you. I hear you. But I did that day, that day that my dad was there in that room. I went and grabbed his hand. He's on, he's on the table. He's gone. He's obviously he's gone. I grabbed his hand. I, I tried to lift him up off that table. I quoted every scripture I could think of on resurrection. I talked about Lazarus. I talked about Jairus' daughter. I, I talked about the widow's son. I, all that. I, Old Testament, New Testament, all that. I, I did all that. The dead bones, all that kind of stuff. Come on, God, come on. This, what an amazing testimony this would be. I mean, he's a good man. He, I mean, 20 people got healed or whatever. Come on, he's pastoring a church. So much more to do. Nothing happened. And, and so he stayed in heaven, which is probably a good thing because if he come back, I think he would have been a little upset. What are you doing? I was in a great place. Why'd you bring me back here? I don't have the answers. But you know what? I trust God with what I don't know. I trust God's word. It's not based on circumstances or situations. It's not based on my experiences. It's not based on my disappointments. It's based on his word and his character and his nature and the covenant I have with God. And that's what I want to encourage you in today. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. I don't have all the answers, but I know this. God is a good and faithful God. And there are some things we'll never have an answer to, but trust God with what you don't know. Healing isn't based on circumstances or experiences. Healing is based on the written word of God. And that's what we are to live our life by. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.